Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For a breakfast corn cereal you'll really go for, E-Kix, crunchy puffs of real energy-rich corn. And now, Kicks, that winning American corn cereal, presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and rocketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of The Curtain Money Plot. You know, those seagoing hijackers, the Barbary Pirates, didn't just bounce on cargoes of gold. They also went after ships loaded with corn. Yes, that was treasure too, because then as today, corn was precious food, food rich in energy. Now, don't you go hijacking that next bushel of corn you see. The Green Hornet will buzz after you. Help yourself to real corn energy for breakfast with kicks. Here's a corn cereal you'll really go for. Crunchy puffs, not flakes. Crunchy puffs of corn that stay crisp in milk or cream. You'll enjoy. You need the corn energy Kicks gives you. So eat a good Kicks breakfast every day. Kicks is a winner. who walked toward the Daily Sentinel building might have been a former prize fighter, judging by his face and ears. But otherwise, his appearance was nondescript. No one paid him the slightest attention until, just as he was about to enter the building, another equally nondescript man leaped from the doorway and fired three shots. As the gunman pushed through the startled onlookers and fled from the scene unmolested, the man who looked like a prize fighter slumped to the ground, blood pouring from his wounds and the glaze of death filtering into his eyes. Three hours later, Britt Reed, the young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, and his secretary, Lenore Case, listened as Michael Axford reported the information he'd collected about the dead man. Reed, his name was Artie Gluck, and they think he's a guard out of Gordell Sanitarium. Lowry's gone out there to check. That's Dr. Nelson Gordell? Yeah, the quack that runs his place for millionaires only. I've often wondered about that fellow. Uh, me too. But, Reed, what's this you were saying about Gluck's dying word? Oh, yes, Axford. When I heard of the shooting, I hurried down the street. The man was dying. Yet when someone mentioned my name, he beckoned for me to bend down to him. And then he gasped one word. Curtain. Just that, huh? Curtain. Now, what do you think he meant? We can't figure it out, Axford. We've been trying ever since that. Oh, here's Ed Lowry now. Hi, boss. Just got back from Godell's place. Godell wasn't there, and his staff gave me a runaround. But I learned Gluck was a guard there, and they say he was fired yesterday. I thought I'd learn why when who should walk in but that society babe, Daedra Curtin. What was that name? Daedra. D-E-I-D-R-E. You know her. She's the one that... 
What's the matter, boss? That could be it. That must be it. Curtain. What is this? Gluck's dying word. But what could I ask myself the same thing, boss? What's a dame like Daedra Curtin doing out at Gordell's? I didn't pick up anything on Gluck. They gave me a quick brush. But then I stopped downstairs in the morgue and got out these clips on the Curtin family. Oh, good. Good. Let's have a look at them. Here you are, boss. Curtin. Daedra Curtin. 25. Rich in her own right. Sole living relative of Galen Curtin. Oh, those people. Well, he's a millionaire. Sure, I know him. He went away for his health last year and For his health? Whether it links up with Gluck's death or not, maybe you've stumbled on a story, Lowry. Do you think it's possible old Galen Curtin is a mental case? He'd have to be out at Gardell's, wouldn't he? Well, sort of, I imagine. I'll get the name of the Curtin lawyer. I I know that, boss. He's Lawrence Jonigan. Well, that's the man David Curtin's going to marry. We ran a story on the society page a couple of months ago. All right. Miss Case, it's three o'clock. I'm going to drop by the court. Call the Jarnigan, will you? Tell him it's important that I see him at once. I'll get to his office by 5 o'clock at the latest. Brett Reed arrived at Lawrence Jarnigan's office in little more than an hour. Have a seat, Mr. Reed. It's a rare privilege to have the publisher of the Sentinel drop in. Some way I can help you? Perhaps. You, uh... You represent Galen Curtin and the affairs of his estate, don't you? Yeah. Why? Mr. Curtin is an inmate of Gordell Sanitarium, isn't he? Uh-huh. Why? How did you find out? By going through the court records. The story of his confinement was never made public. Why should it? It's a family matter and a very delicate one, as you can well realize. Still, the man of Curtin's wealth and importance is a public figure. And, uh... Though his confinement is a family matter, it could be news. Now, just what do you mean by that? Well, the court records show he was placed in the sanitarium because he's mentally incapable of handling his affairs. They show, too, that his niece, Daedra, signed the papers of commitment, that you filed them after attesting to the legal aspects, and that Dr. Nelson Gordell was the medical authority. What are you getting at, Reed? Facts. That's all. I've, uh... Stated them? Mm, yes, yeah, substantially. The confinement was made necessary by Galen's, well, let's say, excessive habits. They were well known, and well, there's no reason why the public should know all this. Up to a certain point, you're right. What point is that? Other court records show new papers have been filed to declare Daedra Curtin administratrix of her uncle's affairs. This was in closed session, too. <laughs> Why not? That's perfectly legal. I grant you that. And even the faintest suspicion can be without grounds. Suspicion? A man was murdered as he entered the Sentinel building this morning. A guard from Gordell Sanitarium. What? Well, what has that got to do with me? A lot, perhaps. Your client, Curtin, is in Gordell Sanitarium. Listen, Reed. Say what's on your mind or get out. I'll be leaving now. That man today was murdered because, to use his words, he had a story about Curtin. For your client's sake, I thought you should know. Brett Reed had a strong hunch, and he headed once more for the Sentinel office after leaving Jonigan. Jonigan, baffled by the interview, made a telephone call to Nelson Gordell. An hour later, 
They were in secret session at a secluded cabin near the grounds of Gordell's sanitarium. Gordell, short, dark, and bewhiskered, was curious. Look, Jarnigan, what makes you think this fellow Reed knows more than he told you? I don't know. It was the way he asked and said the things that he did. As if he were holding back a lot in order to hear what I had to say. He hasn't seen Daedra? Oh, no. No, not when I called her 15 minutes ago. I, I warned her against him. A warning I trust she'll heed. <laughs> she always pays attention to me. Your uh, hypnotic influence, I take it. <laughs> Who else would have accepted your word and mine that her uncle was incompetent and must therefore be put away? I did handle that well, didn't I? Yes. But who did the little job with needle and pills? The job that actually made Curtin the way he is. <laughs> oh, don't pelt me with flowers. I bruise easily. <laughs> You're right, Cordell. If you hadn't treated old Galen, he'd have had me in jail the rest of my life. It was that close. Just make sure you have enough money left in the estate to turn over to Daedra when the court orders you to. Oh, I have. I have. The books are fixed beautifully. And the cash will stand up. <laughs> I can get that back when I marry her. You realize that Fargo will expect a decent-sized fee for getting rid of Gluck today? Oh, it was Fargo, huh? Well, he drew it a little fine shooting Gluck in front of the Sentinel. But he got away, and he's back guarding the old man again. Then he'll get his money. Smoke? Thank you. But uh, to get back to Reed, Gordell. Right. Mm hmm Suppose he does unearth something. What, for instance? Your books can stand scrutiny, you say. Fargo isn't suspected, and I'll keep him under cover. Daedra? She'll stick by you and swear her uncle's mad, if that's the way you want it. As for me? Well, if Reed's not too confident of my competency, suppose we forestall him now. How can we do that? Tonight, instead of our regular dose... I'll give Curtin that secret preparation of mine that'll really set him balmy for a day or so. The stuff you used before his commitment. What else? It served well enough to convince the court and the committing board. And again, when we brought him up for re-examination. Well, here's how we checkmate Reed. I'll ask and arrange for a special examination of Curtin tomorrow. There'll be no traces of barbiturates, and we'll... we'll have another verification of his mental incapacity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then let's see what Reed or anybody else can do. Meanwhile, back at the Sentinel office, Lenore Case was just finishing the rewrite that Britt Reed had done on the early edition stories of Artie Gluck's killing. Mr. Reed, this is dynamite. I meant it to be. Well, it's that, at the very least. If you added a word or two, it'd be, well, downright libelous. Yeah, but it's not. I merely take Gluck's last words, tie them up with the fact that Galen Curtin was placed in a sanitarium secretly... And blandly give the impression that Daedra Curtin and Jarnigan put him there so they could get his money. Exactly. But it doesn't say that. I've been wondering whether any or all of the facts I put in that story will add up to the real truth. Well, they could. But still... Let's see what happens. Brett Reed didn't have long to wait. 
By noon the next day, he had a positive reaction from the people concerned. The news was brought to him by Axford, who had just come from the courthouse. Reed, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. About that Gluck Curtain story? Yeah. Boy, what a mess this is. Why, they had... Mr. Reed. Pardon me, Axford. Mr. Reed, here's a bulletin for the city news. Galen Curtain was given a re-examination this morning, and the court has recommitted him. That's what I was coming to tell you. What prompted that action, I wonder? For your story, Mr. Reed. They wanted to prove... Wanted to prove, they did. But you haven't heard the worst. Well, something else happened? I'll say, as soon as the decision was handed down, Jarnigan filed suit for I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars against the Sentinel and you personally, Reed. On behalf of himself, Deidre Curtin and Dr. Gardell. I told you, Miss Case, good or bad, things are stirring. Deidre Curtin was troubled as she talked with Jarnigan that evening after dinner. I hate to see you show any sympathy towards this Reed fellow. If that poor Gluck man came to him with a story about Uncle Gay and was killed for doing it, I don't that see... That didn't happen, Deidre. Reed's lying. Gluck was probably killed for some stupid or tawdry reason. Well, he's dead, and I feel sorry for well, you him. You should feel sorrier for your Uncle Galen. Oh, Lawrence, he is more dead than living, isn't he? I can't get over his condition today. I know, dear. But you saw how far he's gone. Yes. Yet when I saw him yesterday, he was different. More alive. There were so many things about him that made me remember what he was like. I, I don't think Uncle Gay has long to live, Lawrence. I think. Maybe you're right. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Got that story ready, Tom? Yeah. The evidence as disclosed by this newspaper shows that the so-called Smith suicide is a plain case of murder. There it is. Oh, boy, is this a scooper, isn't it? Hey, do you know it's almost time for the night staff to come on? And it's way past dinner time? Okay, okay. I'll take you home with me for dinner. See how you go for my wife's corn fritters. And with that, our reporter friend says, lead me to it. After all, who wouldn't go for such a typically American dish? Why, there's no food more truly American than corn. Corn is the only native American grain. That's why Kix is such a popular breakfast cereal. It's made from corn. Corn roasted into delicious, crunchy puffs. That's right, puffs. Kix isn't flat, soggy flakes. Kix is crisp, and it stays crisp. Sure, you can pour on the milk, lots of it, yet Kix stays super crisp, super enjoyable. Try a bowl full of Kix topped with ripe red raspberries, maybe. You'll say that's a breakfast that starts the day right. It's a breakfast that's good for you, too. You know the corn that goes into Kix is rich in energy. Why, corn was the fighting food of the Indians, the food that helped our pioneer forefathers win a nation. So start your day every day with Kix, those roasted, toasted puffs of corn. You'll get a kick out of kicks. Now to continue our story. The suit against Britt Reed and the Sentinel didn't discourage the young publisher. 
it only convinced him that his hunch was right. As he said to his faithful valet Cato at home that evening, Cato, there's one thing stands out in so many of the brushes we've had with crooks. What that, Mr. Britt? I think of many things. Well, I'm talking about the so-called smart ones. When they're cornered, their thought is a good offense is the best defense. So they attack in a hope to save themselves. Well, you think these people make suit in court because they think like that? Well, I'm going to believe that till it's proved otherwise. Tonight, anyway. As the Green Hornet. Good to hear you say that, Mr. Britt. Where we go? Well, the core of the situation is Galen Curtin. They turned down Lowry again today at the sanitarium, but he did find out that Curtin's in room 24. So we'll go to Gordell's first, Cato. Get my mask and gloves. The Green Hornet entered the rear door of the Gordell sanitarium using a special key and went to the second floor. There was no one in the corridor, but there was an empty chair in front of one door. The door that led to room 24. Quickly, the Green Hornet inserted the key into the lock, turned it quickly, and entered. Oh, there you are again. Every time I wake up and start to remember things, you come and... You're not the one with the needle. The speaker was a white-haired, slim old man sitting on the edge of a hospital bed. No, I'm a friend. You're Galen Curtin? Certainly I am. But it's been a long time since... Oh, I don't know. Am I Galen Curtin? You say that you're a friend, and yet you wear a mask. Never mind that. There's a reason for it. A friend? Then I have two friends. One I met long ago when I remembered. He used the needle on me, too, but he was a friend. He's going away and tell people who put me here. Is that Gluck, the guard? I don't know. I just remember. But I'll go to sleep again, I suppose, and I'll never know. Who did put you here? You said you know. Jonigan, of course, he had to. He stole almost a million dollars from me back when I could remember. He did. I'm going to take you out of here. Quiet. Someone's coming in. I'm your friend. Believe me, I'll take you away. I'll stay behind this screen. Don't say I'm here. You're talking to yourself, you old goat, with the hearing things. I like to talk to myself in these moments when I can remember. You're going to give me the needle, so I'll forget again? Yeah, going to give you the needle. Good old Fargo likes to give you the needle. What's the matter? You don't look scared like always. But I am scared. Sure, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to see a scared guy, you should have seen Artie Gluck when I gave him the works yesterday. Gluck? I've heard that name. He was my friend. Was, is right. I give him the business. Boom, boom, right in the middle. Boom, boom. Little old Fargo gives him... Ah, but I'm a dope to be telling you this. I'll tell you what, I come in, but I'm glad you did. That mask, the green hornet. That... <coughs> what a strange gun. Kills him without bullets. It didn't kill him. The state will do that. Here, in into your bathrobe. we got to get out of here. But in a bathrobe... We haven't time for anything else. Get it on while I leave a note on top of this fellow for his boss, Gordell. I think he'll come after us when he sees the seal of the green hornet. Ready? I'll have someone call the police, too, after we get you to your home. Daedra Curtin was at home. When her front door opened suddenly and a masked man stood confronting her, 
She wavered for a moment in bewilderment. But when her Uncle Galen, hazy-minded but lucid, walked past the masked man and came toward her, there was pathetic confusion in her words and actions. Uncle Gay, you here? What's happened? What has this man done? He has helped me. You? Who are you? Wearing a mask, carrying a gun, taking my poor uncle away? Forget the poor uncle stuff, Miss Curtin. If he's poor, it's you and Jarnigan who've made him that. It's you who've held him captive so he could loot his estate and squander his money. You rotten, contemptible beast. To say a thing like that... I've told you Daedra isn't responsible. It's Jarnigan and that doctor friend of his. I can remember things now. I know. What are you saying? Uncle Gay, Lawrence has been kind to you. No, he hasn't, Daedra. You don't know. Lawrence is a thief. He stole money from me, a fortune. He's put me away so I couldn't prosecute. He'll steal your money, too. Poor Uncle Gay. Your mind is bad, isn't it? Miss Curtin, you're stupid. If you're not in on this plot and you haven't realized what those men have been doing to your uncle, it's time you found out. Get over to that telephone and have Jarnigan come here. I will not. You'll do as I tell you. Don't come near me. I. All right. I'll call him. And unless I'm mistaken, we'll have Gordell as a visitor before long, too. Daedra Curtin placed a shaky finger into the dial and began calling Lawrence Jonigan. Hello? Lawrence? Lawrence, get over here to the house as quickly as you can. When Lawrence Jonigan appeared at the Curtin home 15 minutes later... Daedra wasn't there to greet him. As a matter of fact, there was no one there. The door opened as if by itself. Well... Jonigan stepped inside. Step right in, Jonigan. Walk into the living room. All right. Walk. But that mask. You're the Green Hornet. Yes. And this man over here in the chair... Curtin. Galen Curtin, what are you doing here? Where's Daedra? Locked in her room. I found I can't do business with her. I've started to remember things tonight, Jonigan. Shut up, Curtin. Jonigan, what am I bid for Curtin's future? What do you mean? Jonigan, if Curtin remains away from Gordell's tonight, he'll never go back. I promise you that. He'll have doctors who will prove he's sane and that his supposed condition has been produced by pills and injections given by Gordell. He'll send you to jail for robbing him. I doubt that he can prove those things. What are you getting at? He's to pay me $50,000 for getting him out. $50,000? Shut up, I I... said, Curtin. Jonigan, a better bid than that will send Curtin back to Gordell's at once. You can make sure he never gets out again. I won't fall for this. It's a frame-up of some kind. You ought to know all about frame-ups, you and Gordell. You might be interested in knowing, too, that Fargo is ready to tell the police why he killed Artie Gluck, if I say so. Oh, yeah. You know he did the killing. I told you that. You can have Fargo back with Curtin, too, if you're willing to come high enough. If you don't, I'll figure it out, Jonigan. You're cooked. But this... this is a... Well, come on. All right, I'll bid 60000 You can, Jonigan, you can. Who said I can't? I'll have your money for you as soon as the bank's open, Hornet. Only keep Daedra in her room till we get Curtin back. I'll play ball. But don't let her know. Whatever you told her... I didn't tell her anything much. Good. I can handle it then. I'll tell her that whatever took place here tonight was some... She doesn't have to be told anything. Daedra! For the first time in my blind, stupid life, I know what's going on. I heard every word. Lawrence, 
I'm going to make you pay for this if it's the last thing I do. Oh, oh Uncle Gay. Oh, poor Uncle Gay. Don't cry, Deidre. You didn't know. No. That'll be Gordell, I hope. Gordell? Yes, he must have found Fargo. But he'd have come here anyway after Curtin's escape. The police will be here, too. By now, they've been called. I'll answer the door. Deidre, your uncle here. He's Johnny. Gordell, you fool. You let him out. The police are coming. Do you hear them? Let's take this man. The Green Hornet. It's all right, Jonathan. Oh, no, don't either of you. There, Jonathan. Too late, Gordell. Yeah, that'll hold him. You keep remembering, Curtin. And you, Deidre. You know the truth now. Make sure the police know it, too. I will. I'll tell them everything, and I... Where are you going? Ask that question of yourself and answer it. I'm going to try to make up to Uncle Gay for all the horrible things I've done to him. I... My Uncle Gay, he's going through the window. Gordell here. Where's Gordell? Somebody fall. Hey, look. Going out the back window. The green harness. Cole, look after these bodies. The rest of you get after the harness. He's a good man. I hope they don't get him. I don't think they will. Lenore Case, Michael Axford, and Ed Lowry were all in the city room next morning, waiting for the special edition of the Sentinel to come off the presses. So we solved that little murder we had in front of the building the other day, don't we? Little murder? Did you ever hear of a conspiracy like the one Jarnigan and Gordell are involved in? Sure I have, but not lately. That Gordell. What a quack he turned out to be. Uh, what is it, Lowry? Here's Reed now. Hi, boss. You hear they indicted Jarnigan and Gordell in that Fargo? Yes, I've got all that. They say Gordell's been involved in a lot of shady cases at the sanitarium, and that he'll turn state's evidence so he can get off with a thousand years. He'll be getting off simple if that's all he gets. Can you imagine the brazenness of that bunch? Suing the Sentinel. And killing people in front of our doorway. We don't have to worry about the suit. Jarnigan's and Gordell's cases are out the window already. As for Miss Curtin, she not only withdrew hers, she sent a note apologizing and, get this, congratulating us on our story. Boss, I sure thought you were setting us up for a libel loss, no matter how cleverly you arrange that story. <laughs> oh, you don't appreciate what a good newspaper man Mr. Reed is. But what's this about the curtains offering to give the Green Hornet $50,000 if he'll appear and claim it? Well, it seems he mentioned that amount as a, as a sort of fee for helping Galen Curtin escape. They think he earned it. But the police got to the house before he could collect Imagine him wanting money to free an innocent man. It might have cost him at least that much if he went through honest legal and medical channels. Oh, he'd never had that chance without the Hornet. But where did the Hornet get wise to what was going on? From Reed's story, I bet you. And who dug up the facts for the story? Me and Lowry. Why, if he collected 50000 I could claim a commission. Huh. Imagine him. Why, it was me that found out about Fargo. And that left everything.
Great detective work, Mac. You'll get a reward from the museum for discovering this gold image. <laughs> Odd little thing. Wonder what it's for. An Indian good luck piece. They were buried in the cornfields to ensure a good crop. Yes, corn was a precious grain to the Indians, just as it is to modern Americans. For corn is rich in winning American energy. Want energy-rich corn for breakfast in a cereal form you really go for? Try Kicks. It's not flakes, but crunchy puffs of corn that stay crisp in milk or cream. You need corn vitamins and energy. So every day, eat a good breakfast, a Kicks breakfast. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Kicks, the ready-to-eat roasted corn cereal. Try it. Kicks is a winner. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. These are George W. Trendle productions, directed by Charles D. Livingston and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of The Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at the same time over many of these same stations, ride the adventure trail with the Lone Ranger in the roaring drama of the Old West. This is ABC, your network for the Lewis Walcott fight, the American Broadcasting Company.